Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is that Russia will attack and destroy America in a surprise nuclear attack. Now, before I get started in this message, I've been carrying this message for 32 years. I've been on Bible prophecy for 40 years. And of all of the messages I've heard over the 40 years, the number one most important message, of course, is the gospel, that Jesus came to set the captives free, and you can have your sins washed away through his blood. The second most important message that I've heard is this one. I'm talking about in terms of warning messages. So I'm going to cover this message, and I'm going to tell you right up front, I've got a lot to cover, and so I'm going to be reading very fast. I would recommend that you read along. But before I get into it, this is our once-a-year, I guess you'd say, telethon, giveathon. I don't care what you want to call it, but once a year we ask people to support Prophecy Club, and that is this time of the year. And there's about 11 days left because if you want to give and have it still deductible in this year, you need to give and have it postmarked before December 31st of 2022. If God has blessed you and if Prophecy Club has blessed you, would you pray and seek the Lord and see if he would have you to send us some kind of a gift, some kind of a donation? And you can do that by several things. Click on the, the link below, or you can also scan in the barcode, the QR code. You can go to prophecyclub.com. Lots of ways that you can give if you want to give. Lord, bless those people that do give. All right, so let's get into it. Dimitri Dudman said, I was born in a Christian family. My father was a pastor of a Pentecostal church. At the age of 17, I ran away from home, and I went to Marine school. I stayed there about four and a half years. Now, I typed this up in, what would that be, about 1987. I actually heard him give this, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 times, and I actually typed this up. He stayed in my home on two different occasions, and I went to his home. So I know who I'm talking about here. I became a Marine officer, and they gave me about 80 new recruits and put me out on the Black Sea. The communist government told me to search the ships coming in from foreign countries, and if I found any Bibles, confiscate them and arrest the missionaries. They said, Dimitri, if you do this, we'll advance you quickly. When I heard I could become a big man, I started searching the ships faithfully. One morning, under a, uh, a ship from Holland came, and I took eight men with me, checking the ship. Under a crate of cookies, I found a great quantity of Bibles. I asked the captain, whose Bibles are these? He said, I don't know. I told him, don't worry. You will know. I saw a man crying and praying to God. He was a missionary from Holland by the name of Dave. He worked with open doors. I went to him and asked him for his passport. Are these your Bibles? No. Well, who do they belong to then? They belong to your brothers and sisters. When he said this, it was like putting a knife in my heart. I heard a voice in my ear saying, What are you doing, Dimitri? I put you here. Don't confiscate those Bibles. Don't you know your dad is a pastor? Don't you know your brother's a Christian? I looked around to see who was talking. When there was no one, I started shaking. I didn't know what was wrong with me, and I was embarrassed. I was shaking in front of the missionary, so I went into another compartment, stuck my fingers in my ears so I would not hear the voice, but it got even louder. Give him his passport, or I'll punish you. I went to the missionary shaking. I told him, here's your passport. Your God answered your prayers. He spoke to my ear and told me to give you your passport back. I will even send some men to protect you from the police. As I gave him the passport, the voice stopped, and I felt a peace in my heart. Then I realized it was the voice of God. Then I said, every man has an angel. 
The angel of God is near you. I stayed on the Black Sea for two more years, and all the missionaries came through without fear. I was put there by God, and I would help them. Going through the churches, I saw that there were no Bibles, 600, 800 members, and maybe two or three Bibles. I said, God, what is this? I knew Bibles were coming in through the Black Sea, and I asked the pastors, why don't you have Bibles? They said, oh, Brother Dimitri, the Bibles come in through the communist hands. The communists sell them to us. The next day they tell the police, the police confiscate them, which means we bought them for nothing. The brothers would write down verses out of the Bible and sit outside the door. When you were coming to church, they would give you a verse of Bible, and the brothers were glad just to get a verse. But in America, your libraries, they're full. Shelves is full. Everywhere I look, there's a Bible. But in many American homes, when I touch the Bible, my fingerprints are on it. I say, don't you even wipe the dust off? Don't you read the Bible? The mother of all books is the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. With the Word of God, you can keep the devil so he will, you can be victorious over him. When I saw there was no Bibles in the churches, I spoke to my family, and I went to the commander of the pier, and I told him, Mr. Commander, I got married. I have nothing to support my family. He hired me as a cook for two months, and I went with the thought of meeting missionaries so the Bibles would not come into the communist hands anymore. After about two months, I heard the same voice in my ear, Dimitri, run to the pier. Dave is coming. I left the kitchen and ran to the side of the ship. The first man who came out was Dave, and I said, Peace of God to you, Dave. We spoke together and agreed to bring Bibles in. I would give them to the churches. With the help of God, in the period of three years, most churches had Bibles. They brought them in, a lot of Russian Bibles, and I only lived in nine miles from the Russian border. And I had a lot of Bible warehouses. I tried to take them over, but we just couldn't get them through. I came home very disappointed. My dad found me. He said, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? Why is your face so pale? I'm not sick. I have just so many Russian Bibles, and I don't know where to put them anymore, and I want to take them to Russia, but I just can't. Oh, you want to? Yeah, me. Well, did you pray first? Well, no. Did you fast? No. Oh, did you ask God? No. Well, that's why you can't take them over. Fast and pray, and God will show you how to do it. So that's what we did. We decided to fast. Then a man came to me. He refers to the man as, as an angel, actually, came to him. Dimitri, wake up. You want to take Bibles to Russia? Yes, I do. He gave me an address. He told me who to talk to, and he said, when you get there, tell them that you were sent here by the one who was here earlier. I will be ahead of you. I jumped up, got dressed, and ran to my dad's house. I said, Dad, Dad, look what happened. He said, go. We will pray. We got there about 8 o'clock in the morning. We got there, we knocked on the door, and I said, Good morning, sir. He was shaking all over, and he said, What, 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 do, you, what, what do you want? I said, I was sitting here by the one that was here before. <laughs> then he really started shaking, and he said, Well, what do you want me to do? I said, I want to take Bibles into Russia. He called me in, told me what to do, how to load the Bibles, and that's what we did. In 15 years, we took more than 300,000 Bibles into Russia, not including literature, New Testaments. It was not us. It was Jesus. When we got in trouble, the angel of God would come and help us. He was not helping because of our trouble, but for the worship of God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to skip part of the story. One day when I got home, my house was surrounded by the police. The police were already checking inside. They had my wife with her face against the wall, my daughter with her face against the wall. They put my face against the wall. They started checking the house at 8 in the morning and finished at 4 in the evening. They had all kinds of electronic equipment to see through the walls. I had a large quantity of Russian Bibles at my house, and I thought they'd found them. 
at or about four o'clock, that came to me and said, Dimitri, turn around. Where do you have the Bibles? Well, I thought they'd found them. So I said, well, did you find them? They said, no. Uh, well, if you didn't find any, that means that I don't have any. <laughs> and they said, well, where do you have the Bible warehouses? I said, do you think I have a Bible factory or something? They said, don't worry, you will tell us. God had broken their equipment and blind their eyes. They walked over the Bibles, but they couldn't see them. That's how God protected the Bibles. They took me to the police station. They put me in a very tar- dark, tight cell. I couldn't see the walls. They said, you will stay here until you tell us everything. After a time, I heard somebody open a door, and I asked, is there someone there? Then I heard a squeak, like a rat squeak. I said, what kind of animals do they have in here? Then I felt something crawl at my leg. When I touched it, it was rat, about a foot long. I would take one or two off, but they would get back on. I became so scared in my despair, I yelled out and said, God, don't let me down. When I said this, a powerful light appeared in the room. The light was so powerful, I couldn't look at it. Out of the light, I heard the same voice. Dimitri, don't be afraid. I am with you. Look at me. When I raised my head to look, the power of the light knocked me down. Dimitri, look at me. I said, who are you? He said, I'm the angel Gabriel. I'm the messenger of heaven. I came to help you. Look at me. He said, when I looked, I saw a man dressed in shiny clothes. He had on a wide belt around his waist, and he had a helmet on his head. In his hand, he had a sword, which was flaming. He said, Dimitri, don't be afraid. You will go through many tortures, but I will be with you. He said, look around. When I looked around the room, I saw a whole floor full of dead rats. At that time, the light disappeared, and somebody knocked on the door and opened it. They said, are you still alive? I said, yes. Are you trying to have me for dinner for the rats or something? When he turned the light on, he saw all the rats dead. He came to me, hit me on the head with something. I fell down. He said, you killed my children. Now I'm going to kill you. He pulled me out by the feet, took my shoes off, put me in a very tight cell. A cold river of water was underneath them, and over they had iron bars. And they said, you will stay here until you tell us everything. Water was dripping on my head from the ceiling. I could not feel my head anymore. My legs were very swollen. When a policeman opened the door, I just fell down. They pulled me out and said, What is wrong, Dimitri? Oh, you're cold. It's okay. We'll heat you up. They tied me around the waist and pulled me up to the ceiling. Then with rubber hoses, they began beating on my cold feet. Brothers, I don't have have time to tell you everything. I went through the tortures that lasted five months. They would close the door on my fingers and poke with needles under my fingernails. They did all kinds of tortures, and they would tell me to confess where I got the Bibles. Who brought them to me? How do I take them into Russia? Who helped me to take them in? In my ear was the same voice. Don't tell, Dimitri. Don't tell. Don't confess. You ask yourselves, why do I endure this torture? If I would have told, hundreds of brothers would have been arrested. Then many of their children would have starved to death. Then the work of God would have been stopped. I said, I will die, but I will not betray anybody. After five months of torture, I would not tell them anything. Finally, one day they came to me and said, Dimitri, come here. We want to show you something. They took me into another room. There they showed me a very unusual chair. And they said, do you see this? We brought this all the way from Germany just for you. Tell us how you get the Bibles through or you're going to die on that chair. Even if I die, I have nothing to tell you. They tied my hands behind the chair. They tied my feet around it. They put something under my feet, something on over my heart, stuck a bowl on my head, stuck two things in my ears. Then they said, think about how you smuggle those Bibles through. 
you're going to die now. They plugged it in. I felt a powerful shock all over my body. It felt like pins and needles going through me. I couldn't see anymore. I thought I was going to die. When I thought I was going to die, the same light appeared. Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. So I started saying, Send you little Jesus. Send you little Jesus. Send you little Jesus, which was remaining for the blood of Jesus. I woke up. I was laying on the ground. My eyes and my mouth were full of blood. They were throwing cold water on me and slapping me around. Now you told us everything, Dimitri. We have the equipment. It recorded every thought. They said, listen. They plugged it in. I heard my voice. Singular Louis Seuss. Singular Louis Seuss. Singular Louis Seuss. He says, the blood of Jesus was victorious. They said, why did you say this? Because you want to kill me. They said, we still will kill you. The next day they brought my wife in. They put her in the room next to me so I could hear. They began to beat on her. Maria, do you want us to let Dimitri go? Yes. Dimitri told us everything. He told us where he has the Bibles, how he took them to Russia, everything you give confession to. We brought the Bibles to him, how he took the Bibles. You helped him to take them there, where he was them, and all let them and all this, and we'll let Dimitri go. God didn't tell, let Marie down. She said, if Dimitri told you, then he knows. I don't know anything about it. They started beating Maria. I don't know how they beat her. She fell into a coma. They took her into their arms and put her in a car and took her home. Then they came to me. Dimitri, did you hear what Maria was? Did you hear that Maria was here? Yes. I heard when you were beating her. They said, she told us everything. We took her home. You tell us too. We'll take you home also. Well, she told you she knows. I don't know anything about it. They said, oh, so you have a deal. So then they put me back on the electric chair once again. They did the same thing. Turned the power up even higher. I thought I was going to die again. The angel came to me. Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. Your enemy will die. You will live. You have to go through one more powerful torture. Then I will take you out of their hands. Then I began to say, send you little Jesus, which is the blood of Jesus. I woke up the same way, full of blood. They slapped me around, poured cold water on me. Now we have everything. Again, I heard my voice. Send you little Jesus. Send you little Jesus. They said, this time, I will kill you. He picked up the phone. And he called six policemen. This is all I heard. Kill him. They jumped on me with their feet. They smashed me up so bad that nine of my ribs were cracked. And he had me feel the ribs. He had me feel right here on his arm. Right here where there's a muscle. With him, there wasn't a muscle. Uh, it was, it was mid- ribs were all broken up and beaten up. There was like, it was like hills and valleys. All of my body was like meat bells, balls. I fell into a coma. When I woke up, a doctor was giving me a shot on the right hand and said, Dimitri, your God still lets you live. Then another officer came yelling, hurry up, hurry up, the colonel is dying. The doctor left me and ran, and about a half hour, another colonel came with a humble voice and said, Dimitri, can you get dressed? I said, why are you done? He says, why? He says, you are going home. He says, why? You finished killing me already? He said, your God gave you the judgment. Colonel Prestoff died, and the commander, the commander told me to take you home, fast. I said, how did he die? He had internal bleeding and fell down and died. The commander told me to take you home, fast. So they put me in the car and took me home. I couldn't stand on either leg. I was completely destroyed. My wife didn't even know me. She filled the bed with pillows. They put me in a bed for three months. I called death to come. This is how much I suffered. I said, God, just kill me. But he would not. Missionaries came in from all over the world. They would take pictures and leave, and the brothers would pray around the bed. 
After three months, I thought there was no more hope. My family was asleep and all the brothers had left me. I heard the same voice out of the same light appeared and said, Dimitri, get up, get out, run out. I jumped out of bed. I ran outside. I felt myself all over to see if I still hurt, but nothing hurt anymore. And, and I could walk. I thought, what happened? Am I dreaming? Is this true? I went in my room and I found the angel of God. Dimitri, do you still hurt? No. Dimitri, can you walk? Yes. Then start working. Now, this is important. You have four more years to carry Bibles. The police will follow you step by step, but I will be with you. I will blind their eyes. They won't catch you. When they see they can't catch you, they're going to kick you out of your country. You will be exiled July 22nd, 1984 at 10 o'clock. You are going to America to give them a message from God. For four years, I carried Bibles in Russia. I would pull up to the border checkpoint with so many Bibles in the car, there was no room for anyone to sit. The border guard would say, Dimitri, what do you have in the car? Bibles. He would say, stop making fun of us. Go on, get out of here. They couldn't see the Bibles. They would open the trunk, throw the Bibles around. Where are the Bibles? We know you have Bibles. What are you doing in all these books? The day I was kicked out of Romania, all of my family was watching the time. They'd given away all of their earthly possessions, sitting in the front room with their suitcases packed. The knock came on the door, exactly 10 a.m. Excuse me, the knock came on the door. Dimitri, you have to come with them. What are you doing with all these suitcases? We knew you were coming. They took him to the airport, July 22nd, 1984. And at exactly 10 a.m., as the angel has said, the airline stewardess picked up the plane's microphone and said, Welcome to flight number such and such, just as the plane was departing from the gate. Exactly as the angel had told him four years before, which is why we can count on this message being from God. So here's the message. It was late at night. I couldn't sleep because of the smell. I was sitting outside of my home. In other words, this is when he arrived in California. He said that the place stunk real bad from dogs and cats had been in the apartment before. So he was outside because of the smell. I was sitting on a rock. A light came toward me. The fear of cars came within, within me. The Romanian police were always trying to run me over cars. I jumped to run, but the light surrounded me, and out of the light I heard the same voice. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? What did I do that's so rotten that you brought me here to the United States? I have nowhere to lie my head. I can't understand anybody. Dimitri, have patience. Dimitri, didn't I tell you that I would be here with you also? I brought you here to this country because this country will burn. Well, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you just let me die in my own country? Okay, he's pretty upset. Dimitri, have patience. I will tell you. Get beside me. He said, I don't know what it was, brothers. And I quizzed him on this. He said, it was like a pillow on fire. He said, the only thing I remember is the angel controlled it with his left hand. He said, I got beside the angel. He showed me all of California, all of the cities of California. He showed me Las Vegas. He said, do you see what I'm showing you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. He said, it's sin has reached the Holy One. He showed me another great city and said, do you know what city this is? I said, no. He says, this is New York City. This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. He showed me Florida. He said, this is Florida. This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. He didn't let me say another word until he brought me back to my home. And he said, now, Dimitri, you can ask me questions. He said, I brought you to this country, Dimitri, because I want to wake up a lot of people. I love this country. I love the people of this country, and I want to save them. But America will burn. He said, how can I save them? I can't even speak their language. Who knows me? How can they call me? He said, don't worry. I will be ahead of you. I will make great healings among the American people. You will go to television stations, radio stations, and churches. 
Tell them everything I tell you. Don't try to hide anything. If you try to hide anything, I will punish you because America will burn. He said, well, how will America burn? It's so powerful. He said, the Russian spies have discovered where the most powerful nuclear missiles are stored in America. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries, which Dmitry couldn't remember, will attack. The Russians will bombard the nuclear missile silos in America, and America will burn. I said, what will you do with the church? He said, the church has left me. How? Don't you have any people here? He said, people in America honor people. The honor that should be given to God, they give to other people. Americans think high of themselves. They say, I serve God, but they don't. In the church, there's divorces, adultery, fornication, sodomy, abortion, and all kinds of sin. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. I brought you here so you could cry out loud. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Tell them to stop sinning. God never stops forgiving. Telling them to, tell them to repent. He will forgive them. Tell them to start preparing themselves so I can save them in the day of trouble. If you call me to speak, God loves you. That's what the angel told me. Whoever I love, I want to wake up. I will put on the hearts to call you, Dimitri. Don't hide anything or I will punish you. Stop sinning and repent. He will forgive us and we will have salvation, Dimitri said. I said, well, how will you save the church if a miracle will burn? He said, tell them as I tell you. As he saved the three young men from the oven of fire, notice there's no pre-trib rapture mentioned. As he saved the three young men from the oven of fire and Daniel from the mouth of the lion, that is how I will save them. Tell them to stop sinning and repent. I have blessed this country because of the Jews that are here. I have seven million Jews here, and they haven't tasted war or persecution, and God has blessed them more than anyone else. And instead of thanking God, they started sinning and doing wickedly. Their sins have reached the Holy One, and God will punish them with fire. Israel doesn't recognize the Messiah because they've placed their trust on the power of the Jews in America. But when God will hit America, all the nations will be terrified. God's will raise up China, Japan, and many other nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. They'll back them to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty, but they make the Russians their leader. Under the leadership of the Russians, all the world goes down to attack little Israel. Israel can't counter the help of the Jews in America, so she cries the Messiah. Messiah returns on the clouds and defeats the armies of the earth. They, they will call upon the Messiah, and then the church of God will meet him in the clouds. So Dmitri did not believe that there's going to be a pre-trib or mid-trib or any kind of a rapture where we get sucked into the air to protect us from some kind of trouble. I said, if you are the angel of God, everything you tell me must be written in the Bible. If it is not, then I can't tell the Americans. Tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 through 15. He names it the mystery of Babylon, the great adulteress. Also, Revelation chapter 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Why did he call it the mystery of Babylon? He said, tell them because all the nations of the world immigrated into America. And America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the devil church, the sodomite church, the Mormon church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation. But instead of stopping them, they went after their gods. Because of this, he named it the mystery of Babylon. Now, so that you know that I truly have been sent by God, tomorrow at 9 o'clock, someone will come and give you a bet. At 10.30, someone will come and pay your rent. At noon, someone will bring you a car and give you a bucket of honey. He said, brothers and sisters, it happened exactly as the angel said. 
Nine o'clock, someone rang my doorbell. I brought you a bed. I could not sleep on a log. God told me you're from Romania and that you need a bed to help me unload it. At 10.30, someone rang my doorbell and handed me a check for $500 and paid my rent and said, God told me to bring you $500. At noon, someone came and gave me a car. I opened the door, said in the front seat was a bucket of honey, all exactly as the angel had said. Now, I encourage you to stop sinning and repent. Stop sinning and repent and believe this message. And by the way, if you watch that, if you made it all the way through that, you are a watchman. And according to Ezekiel 33, 6, if the watchman sees the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take that person from among them, he's taken in his iniquity, but his blood will require the watchman's hand. So if we don't pass this on and people die because of it, their blood is on our head. We have to answer for that. So I encourage you to pass this on. Also, as you can see, if you can help Prophecy Club, God has blessed you. If he hasn't blessed you, maybe that's a bigger reason to help. If, if you can help Prophecy Club, now would be a very good time to do so. As we celebrate the season, let Joseph's Kitchen make it memorable with healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread. I'm Leslie, owner and founder of Joseph's Kitchen. Our goal is to help you live a more happy and healthy life. At Joseph's Kitchen, our ingredients are ready for easy, everyday use, but are also designed for long-term storage. Whether you're looking to make healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread, or want to make sure your family is prepared, Joseph's Kitchen is prepackaged to take all the guesswork out. We personally test each harvest to make sure you are getting the highest quality ingredients. At Joseph's Kitchen, we pride ourselves on our quality equipment and all-natural ingredients. We are your farm-to-table alternative. Our ingredients are ready for easy, everyday use, but are also designed for long-term storage, making them a wonderful holiday gift for you or a loved one. We are so excited to offer you our new product. At josephskitchen.com, go check out our new spreadable honeys. You and your family are going to love them. We have pumpkin, pecan, cinnamon, and original. It's great to put in your coffee or your tea on your brand new loaf of homemade, healthy, whole wheat bread. Don't miss out on this holiday offer. Go to josephskitchen.com or call the number on your screen today. So Terry Saka of cornerstoneassetmetals.com, why should people call you today? Well, the BIS, which is the Bank of International Settlements, the central bank of central banks over this year has been playing the hedge funds for the fool on the short game. They've been covering and buying all the physical gold they can to get ready for the requirements of Basel III. This is a very large, uh, this is a very large event that's taking place. And once the gold is done doing what it's doing, you're going to see silver make its move. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. You don't have to order anything today, but give them a call, start a dialogue, maybe open an account, and let them talk to you and help decide through prayer what's best for your family. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Next is, I'll send you to EMPShield.com. If you use the promo word prophecy, you get a $50 discount. What is that? Well, it looks like this. This is the one that goes into a car, okay? And you put the red wire to the red side of the battery. You put the black wire to the black side of the battery. And the green one attaches to the body of the car. Then you peel it off right back here. Just peel that off. Stick it inside of the, 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 the engine compartment of your car. 
And the whole point is when the electricity goes off or when some kind of a suitcase nuclear nuclear device goes off, this is supposed to be able to stop that device from destroying every computer chip in your car. Because if every computer chip is destroyed in your car these days, you couldn't possibly replace them. Go the car away. So, empshield.com, promo code, profit.